This is Tim Dillard with the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation Podcast. That's it. Hey, this is Brock Burke of the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Rangers Nation Podcast and the Recliner Nerd. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Six to one, the Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Feliz the high set. Here comes the pitch. Breaking ball, strike three call. The Rangers are going to the World Series. In the air, shallow right. The Texas Rangers win the pennant. Second consecutive year. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Welcome to Rangers Nation Podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation Podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now, here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation Podcast. Today is going to be a very funny one and a fun one indeed, because joining us today, uh, of course, I'm the, the host recliner nerd, and with me is going to be Tim Dillard. A lot of you know him. He's played professional baseball for 18 years, the last two with the Rangers. He's a right-handed pitcher. He exceeded his rookie status in 2012, so he will be ineligible to win Rookie of the Year this year. Um, he has four years of big league service, and he is a social media giant on Instagram and, and uh, Twitter with his funny videos. And right now he seems to be obsessed with Bernie Sander memes, but he's with us right now. Tim Dillard. Tim, thanks for doing this. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, I exceeded my rookie status when I was a rookie. <laughs> I still don't think I was even eligible then. <laughs> Eight, 18 years, though. I mean, you, you have you have carved out still 18 years, um, and every year you get invited back. So, um, hey, you know what? I've got a comparison I'm going to do here a little bit later that you're going to love. But, uh, you know, uh, before we get into to baseball and all that, I get into you and your life, and I want to know where you were born and raised mainly. Mainly born. Yeah. So where were you born? Right? <laughs> yeah, I was mainly born. <laughs> yeah. No, my dad, uh, my dad played in the big leagues and he, the year he got out of the big leagues was 82. And so he got a job at the White Sox coaching in the Gulf Coast League. So we, my family that existed at the time moved to Sarasota, Florida. Um, and I was born at Sarasota Hospital and grew up in Bradenton for like 11 years. And then both of my parents are from a small town in Mississippi, Saltillo, Mississippi. And so we moved there. I went to high school there and then uh, went to a junior college there in Mississippi. And I don't know, signed and signed with the Brewers in 2003 and kind of been doing this ever since. Yeah. So, so now, you, so what was your high school called? Saltillo High School. Saltillo. It's in Mississippi. Now, did you play any other sports besides baseball? Basketball. Oh, yeah. Basketball was before baseball. So I kind of, to me, it was like to get in shape for baseball because right. <laughs> if it was up to me, I wouldn't be getting in shape for baseball. I'd just wait for practice. But um, yeah, all the, every time we practiced basketball, I, I went after it. Like I played harder than anybody and I messed up and actually got like, a, you know, started on the team as like the center. <laughs> Dang and you, I, I mean, the games were fine, but like, yeah, the games were fine, but I'm just like, I'm only here so I can get in shape. And then as soon as, um, as soon as baseball practice start, like the first practice, I would, you know, you had to hand in your shoes and I'd hand in my shoes to the coach. I'm like, sorry, man, I got, I'm quitting. I'm going to be the, you know, I, I'm going to focus completely on baseball. And the coach would be like, I can't believe you're doing this. You know, you're bailing on us, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but he was also the baseball coach. So three hours later, when I'm at baseball practice, he's like, Hey, all right, let's go. 
<laughs> he had to put he had to put that show on in front of the other basketball players yeah, that he was yeah, really yeah, upset with. Kevin, yeah. Well, <laughs> I just think that you know, I think a lot. It, if anything else, uh, just playing a different sport, you know, it it gets the muscles ready in a different way. Yeah. And if you're doing baseball all the time, and I think people have already done studies on this, like for young kids and stuff, you're playing baseball year round. Like you're wearing down the same muscles the same way, uh, and you need that break, and you you also need the exercise from doing different things. Now your dad, so your dad was a big league player, but he had quit playing by the time you were born. Now did he teach? Now did he ever coach in the big leagues? I uh, never coached in the big leagues. He just told me a story. He was at my house about a week ago, and he told a story about um, how I guess he was in charge of like taking a split squad team one time and started talking about like kind of the, you know, what went on and stuff, but he was mainly a minor league uh, manager pretty much as far back as I can remember. That's all I knew. I grew up in the clubhouse and, um, and it was interesting too. Every time I came across somebody, even now, even now when I come across a coach um, that, that, you know, was with my dad, maybe coached with my dad or maybe was a player for my dad. Uh, you hear the same thing over and over again. They're, oh, I love that guy. Your dad's awesome, man. Tell him I said, Hey, and, so over the over my career, I, I realized like that's kind of a big deal, like what your legacy is. You may not be the Mike Trouts of the world, you know, or the Ted Williams or whatever, but uh, you do have a name in this game and it matters. Nothing. Can't hear me. No, no, I'm, I'm saying I'm not Mike Trout. No. Oh, <laughs> Tim, <laughs> oh, you know, Tim can see me. Y'all uh, can't see this. <laughs> Is this is this video or is this? Well, we're audio? gonna we're gonna put it out. Um, I am recording video too, so I may put out something on YouTube oh, yeah. um, too. But I'm recording. Oh, okay. Into so a, I need to put my shirt back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, that's, that's, I have two layers on. I layer up. Are y'all having snow there? Do you have snow going on up there? Kind of like there's a little bit. You know, there's some flaky. There's some dandruff a little bit. Um, it's supposed to be freezing coming up in the next few days so oh yeah we're um, supposed to get it and you yeah. know us texans i mean we we shut down we just speaking of freezing we just freeze if it doesn't we're you know you people can die in their house because they won't venture out um okay so I, I, so you did play you did you did play basketball now let me ask this when you played in high school you played you were a pitcher obviously did you play in the field yeah i was a catcher i was drafted twice as a catcher and uh, once in high school and once my first year of junior college and i was always the catcher you know, I growing up, if my brothers were like, I got two older brothers, they're like, hey, we want to, you know, play shortstop, go play first. I'm like, all right, so now I'm a first baseman today, you know? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we want you to go to second so we can turn double plays. Like, all right, I'm a second baseman, you know? <laughs> and uh, we want to get throws from the outfield, go in the outfield and make throws. And now I'm an outfielder. And so one of my brothers was like, hey, I want to pitch. So I was like, all right, I'll catch you. And so I kind of just became a catcher out of necessity. And you can always use a good catcher. I mean, there's catchers every year that, you know, get jobs for, you know, long time just because they're really good at receiving and they know how to handle a staff. And that's what I learned at a young age. I called my own pitches and I don't know, I just gravitated towards catching. And uh, it wasn't until my junior year of high school that I caught everyone on our team. And I was like, man, we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> I told the coach, I was like, I think I think I want to pitch, you know, just so we have, a, you know, because I'm, I'm a competitor, you know, I want to win. Sure. And I just was like, I, I feel like maybe now I can pitch. And um, so anyway, I actually had two scouts in high school looking at me to pitch and two looking at me to catch. So I don't know if it was up to me, I'd rather be a catcher because that's just way cooler. Yeah. But for some reason, when it came to signing me um, in 2003, when I was in junior college, they were like the Brewers said, hey, we just think you have a longer career as a pitcher. And I was just like, oh, 
you guys don't know anything. But that was like 18 years ago. Yeah, so. Like, yeah. so like 20 years ago, they told me you could have a longer career if you would pitch. So yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So, so I, okay. So you were drafted. You're in the 15th round of 2001 by the Brewers and you turned them down mm -hmm. and said, no, and uh, I'm not and doing down. it. Well, actually I got hurt. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Well, I actually got hurt um, after a high school game. I uh, was swinging for a Royal Scout and a Brewer Scout and ended up hurting myself, my my left shoulder. I used to have a big swing now, like big swing. And so when I got drafted, I had to tell him, or I was going through the process. I was like, okay, well, just letting you know I am injured. Don't really know what this is going to do. Don't know if I'm going to just need rehab or, you know, surgery or whatever, but that's where we're at at this moment. And um, anyway, I ended up having surgery by Dr. Andrews in October of 2001. So he put a stitch in my labrum orthoscopically and I don't know, he'd never done that before, but I hear now that when he does it, he puts two stitches in. So if you'd put two stitches in my labrum, then maybe just maybe I would be a catcher right now, but. <laughs> okay. See, I was going to give you a hard time. I was like, so you turned them down. They came back the next year in the 32nd round and then you decided, okay, now it's time. But uh, I guess you were coming back from injury. That, that explains a lot. Yeah, well, I was my pretty much my whole first year of college. I was just rehabbing, trying to, and even after I came back, where my shoulder was like good enough to. Oh man, am I losing no. audio again? No, I've got you. Unbe oh, okay. I've yeah. <laughs> so I was I was coming back, and as I was rehabbing my shoulder, next thing I know, I'm having tendonitis in my elbow. You know, oh, like no. it was just one kind of led to the other, and I don't know. I think I broke some knuckles on foul balls. Like it was just like anything that can happen was happening to me and I, somehow they still drafted me i got a call from uh actually hank aaron's son uh, oh larry aaron i think and he yeah he called me i didn't even know the draft was going on like he called my parents and was like uh, hey are, is this tim and i'm like yeah this is tim he goes hey this is um mr aaron from the uh brewers i'm a scout we just drafted you in the 30 whatever round and uh, just want to let you know i was like okay bye <laughs> that was the extent of it um yeah, but I, I actually, my second year of junior college, I did pretty well. I was catching really well. I was hitting really well. Um, I was showcasing my skills. We went to the junior college World Series. And so when it came down to it, the Brewers actually only had about a day to sign me Okay. when so my college season ended and I was going to go back into the draft. And so they wanted me as a pitcher. And so, yeah. Okay, so that for, for you newer minor league nerds, that back then they used to do a thing called sign and follow, where they would mm -hmm. sign you and they had you. Yeah, draft and follow. Yeah, draft and follow. Draft. Yep. Yeah, draft and follow. I said sign and follow. Draft and follow. And they could follow you all the way up to a certain time during your next season, and they still had an opportunity yep. to sign you. A lot of people don't know this, but Tom Grieve the, for the Rangers was a draft and, and follow that ended up signing right before yep. going off to college. So, um, But they don't do that anymore. Now you have to do it before the next season starts. They have to sign them. But – you know, you older guys and me even older than you, but I wasn't drafted. But in, in any case, um, you know, that, that, that's, that's what that was. So, how did, so you, that's how you found out on that one. And when, when the 15th round, though, the earlier one, how did you find out that when you were drafted? I mean, they didn't really follow it like they do now. No, I mean, was there like MLB Network where it's like, yeah. you know, the NFL draft guys wearing suits? Like, what is that? Uh, no, I actually had to go to a friend's house because they had this thing called the Internet. And, really? uh, so I was I kind of spent the uh, the afternoon just refreshing the page, you know, like the big little refresh button. And um, I don't know, it was probably halfway through like the first round. And we had given them phone number of our neighbor's house so that they would, you know, if they called, if I got drafted, they would call 
this place. And so I got a call and I'm thinking, Oh my goodness. I was like, I just been drafted in the first round. This is unbelievable. And I'm like, Hell, and they're like, is this Tim Diller? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, you know, Hey, we just drafted you in the 15th round. I'm like, Oh man. I was like, y'all got a bad connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you hit refresh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The refresh kicks up and oh, um, yeah, yeah. I was on the first round. You know, no. I was like 15th. Are you sure? And they're like, yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I'm following. Okay. So your major league debut. Now that was May 8th, May of 2008. Where were you at? Yeah. Do you remember when you got called up? Where were you at when you got called up? Sure. I was in, uh, in, in Nashville. We had a little apartment, my wife and I, and, um, we were about to get on the, we're about to go. I was getting ready. It was probably 7 AM, 6 AM ish. And I'm getting ready to go to the field because we were going to take a bus trip to Memphis to play the Redbirds. Yeah. And, um, my, I luckily I'd gotten a cell phone by this time. I hadn't always had a cell phone, but I had the little, you know, little cell phone and, um, manager calls me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, getting ready to come to the field. You know, we got a, we got a road trip. He was like, okay. He goes, don't, he goes, but yes, come to the field, but you're not going on the road trip. He's like, you're flying the DC, uh, because you just got called up and you're going to, you know, meet the team there. And I was like, okay. He goes, okay. And like, that was it. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe it. I just got called up. This is crazy. And I'm like, honey, I'm, I'm going to the big leagues. I got called up. And she's like, Hmm, that's nice, yeah. you know. Like, hey, turn the light off. Yeah, turn the light <laughs> off when you leave, would you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so beat it. No, she came with me. We actually went to the airport and uh, had to get a had to get her a plane ticket on like short notice, and so we flew to DC um, on Memorial Day weekend. They had the brand new stadium there, right? Like yeah. the billion dollar oh, yeah. Nationals Stadium, and uh, yeah, it was like a whole big thing. It was a whole day. I got there just in time. Yeah, so I got to the field. They dropped me off at the wrong park, like wrong, wrong part of the field. So I had to walk, and I was wearing a suit. I'm trying to look nice, right? Like, try to look pro. Sure. So I got the suit. That's what you're supposed to do when you get called up. I'm carrying, like, this big old bag, and I'm just sweating through the suit. <laughs> and I finally make it to the clubhouse, and they're like, dude, you are so late. They're like, here's your uniform and stuff. Get on the field and play catch. Run out there, uh, play catch with the bullpen catcher, run back in. Just enough time to take my jersey off, put my game jersey on, run back out to the field. Uh, do the national anthem, walk out to left field uh, bullpen and left center. Yeah. And it was like the fifth inning. They call down. They're like, get Dillard going. And they're like, call down like, all right, Dillard's in the game. And so they open the door and there's like 42,000 fans there. And I'm like, I hope I don't trip. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just was thinking like left, right, left, right, you know, out to the mound. And uh, yeah, Jason Kendall was the catcher. He came up and was like, you know, what do you want to do? And I'm like, one, three wiggle. And he's like, all right, what do you want to do with the man on second? And I was like, let's do first sign check first. He's like, okay, here we go. And I was like, all right, man, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of an aggressive, yeah. like, let's do this. And he kind of took a second look back at me, like easy, dude, you know, we're down by like nine or whatever it was, <laughs> you know, but I was all jazzed up and I was like, did I just yell at Jason Kendall? Let's do this. I was like, oh man. And so I'm, I'm warming up for the inning and, uh, and Kendall's back there, like, talking to the umpire and the umpire's laughing and like pointing at me. <laughs> I was like, Oh man, he's telling, he's telling the umpire about my embarrassing little comment. So anyway, it was good. I think I struck out Aaron Boone, maybe got two more outs and uh, got off the mound. I just wanted to look like I'd been there before. I didn't try to make it too, you know, amazing or anything. I just wanted to go out there get three outs and then, you know, run off the field. And um, I did, and it was great. And then after the game, I was walking to the team hotel and uh, Jason Kendall was like in the restaurant bar area and he pulls me in and was like, Hey man, I want to buy you a beer. 
I was like, oh, this is great. This guy's got like 16 years in the show at that time. I had some of his baseball cards. I'm pretty sure I was like, hey, man, what you sign these? Yeah. Uh, but he was like, I want it was really cool because he's, he said he just wanted to tell me. He's like, man, you know what? You went out there and it looked like you'd been there before. Looked like you'd done it before. And I thought, dude, that's awesome. If you're going to get a compliment from this you know, veteran catcher, it's the one thing that my one goal of what I was trying to do in my debut was to look like I knew what I was doing, that's <laughs> which incredible. in all honesty, we all know I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> and still don't after 18 years of still playing professional baseball. So you, so I, one of my questions was, do you remember who your first strikeout was? So yeah. it was Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone was the first guy you ever struck yeah. out. Yeah, he recovered though. Yeah, he I recovered. Think so. Did he? Did he play anymore? <laughs> yeah, he that? ended up having a pretty good career and ended up coaching. Yeah, yeah. He, I, you know, I think he fell into a deep, he, deep he's depression some, because he, I struck him out. But I think he, he's fine though. He's he's managing the Yankees, I think. So is good he, is for he him. somewhere good in the thing. league? I think he's still somewhere in the league. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's what, around. What he's was around. the? This is something I always ask anybody that's been in the major leagues because. Lord knows I never was. So let me ask you this. What, what, what was the big first thing you realized that was the biggest difference from being in AAA to being in the major leagues? Was it the stadium or what was the first thing you went? Wow. First thing, uh, I mean, probably a couple things. That's a good question. Um, you know, when you're doing batting practice and the pitchers are in the outfield shagging, things like that, um, you kind of get used to the minor league parks. They only go so high. And then right. all of a sudden you're playing in these parks where it's like, you'll see a fly ball and it's, it just stays in the bleachers, right? And goes in the press box and goes through the lights. Like it's everything's so much bigger with the background. Uh, but that only is for batting practice. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really, yeah. the, when you're on the mound in the game, like it doesn't, it's still very, you know, really feels really small. Um, but I would say the biggest thing is it's just a little bit faster. It's just a little bit faster. And you can say that about every level. You know, if you're doing little league and then high school and then college, like it just keeps getting a little bit faster. And um, you kind of have to fight that urge to, to be like, okay, well, I got to do more. It's right. like you don't really have to do more, like try to throw harder, you know, or swing harder. It's not really that. It's just you kind of have to, you know, expect things sooner. You have to kind of get out ahead of that. And so, yeah, it's just the big leagues. It's just it was just a little bit faster than AAA. So. So let me ask you this. When you first came up and when you were first, how hard were you throwing then compared to now? You're 18 years in. I'm sure you don't throw as hard as you did back then. How hard were you throwing when you first came up? <gasps> you watch your mouth. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I throw. I mean, I can if I'm real, if I got the wind at my back now, <laughs> you know, I'll throw a 90 in there. But um, then then I was, when I first got drafted, I was maybe just throwing like 92, 93. Cause you know, you got that college gun. Apparently I'm hitting 95, 96. And then like six days later, I'm in Arizona throwing 90. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, uh, when I finally played in front of fans that year in rookie ball, it was, uh, I was, uh, throwing like 93 or something, but in the big league, some of my fastest pitches were in the big leagues. It was like, you know, 95, 96. I threw one pitch 97. And, um, I want to say it was Carlos Delgado almost hit it through the fence. Somebody, somebody <laughs> for the Blue Jays hit just absolutely tagged a missile. And Mike Cameron was playing center field and he dove and caught it before it destroyed the right center fence. <laughs> before it dented the fence out there and there was going to have to be some renovations. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Mike Cameron still gets a, he still gets a Christmas card. <laughs> okay. Well, here's my comparison. So you, you, you have been in the big leagues for, 18 years i mean you've been in baseball for 18 years you're still going do you see yourself like uh you are yep. what the tom brady of baseball right so you're going to play to your 45 
Uh, I don't know. That's kind of like a Satchel Page type thing. You know, if I throw a knuckleball or if I've just <laughs> touched by God where I can go out there and play. But luckily, I've never had just like a serious injury. I've never had like a shoulder surgery uh, on my throwing arm. At right. least I've never had. Uh, I've actually never missed a game due to injury in my entire career. That's I don't amazing. Know. That's kind of my selling point. That's kind of my selling point to GMs, you know, or, or uh, field coordinators or whoever I'm talking to to try to get a job. I'm like, listen, like I have never missed a game due to injury. Like I'm not saying I haven't been hurt at times, but it hasn't affected anything other than me dragging my carcass out there and trying to get out, you know, and <laughs> you learn a lot when you do that. If you have a guy, if you have a kid that throws 100, you know, and he can throw strikes like, you know, that's all he's trying to do. But there's so many other facets to being a pitcher than just, okay, I can throw harder than everybody else. Like you still got to field your position. You got to know what there's guys that can turn around a hundred now. I mean, they've kind of worked on that. So I think pitchers need to go back to like some more lateral movements with their pitches. And I don't know. I, uh, it's just amazing. I never thought I'd have a career at all. And then when you have a career, I reached five years. I'm like, this is a pretty good career. And then I reached 10 years. I'm like, wow, I can't believe I'm still playing. And then 15 years, my wife's like, uncle, like, stop playing already. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know how long I can play, but as long as I can find a job, man, if you can find a jersey, like you got to keep it. Yeah. And last year, who did you go play with last year? There was no minor league season. You went and played at, was it up in Milwaukee or? Yeah, the Milwaukee Milkmen in the American Association. It was like one of the few few places on planet Earth where they were playing professional baseball in front of fans. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I was there for like a month through like 25 or so innings or something like that. We won a championship. It was great. Oh, a lot of fun, too. And now the year and the year before, which was so great, you have it in the background there. I'm looking at it. Your guitar you won there in Nashville. So, um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, and, and when I was doing the comparison, it was supposed to be funny, but you and Tom Brady, you're just cut from the same cloth. I mean, you guys make a living for close to 20 well, years. Well, we're synonymous. Yeah. Like, yeah. You throw yeah, a ball yeah. for There's, a You get paid to when, throw when, a ball. When someone <laughs> says Tom Brady, when someone says Tom Brady, their first thought is Tim Dillard. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, did you say it? No, no. Because <laughs> Tim Dillard is yeah, the I, Tom I, Brady of baseball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard that more than twice today. I, You know, it's one of the things where – you have to you have to learn how to adjust in this game. Like this is not the same game, you know, 10 years ago. This wasn't the sure. same game when I first got in the game. Like things have evolved and there's a lot of times where guys can't make adjustments fast enough or there's times when I mean cuz this game is hard. Right. It really is. Like I there's times I've just seen people quit. They're just like I'm done. I'm quitting. I can't do it because like it's a mental grind. And there's sure. other times where guys are like, well, I can't kick it around in the minor leagues. I'm not making any money, so I got to quit and go get a job. Like real life stuff. You know, it's not all this glamour thing when it's in the minor leagues. Like it's really hard. I, some guys get to the big leagues and they stay there, and that's sure. a it's kind of a rare amount. Most guys bounce up and down or or never make it. So. I don't know. I don't know if there's been too many guys that have played longer than me in the minor leagues because that's yeah. there's, there's plenty of guys that played that long in the big leagues, but to play that long in the minor leagues is probably extra special because <laughs> you you don't get the big league perks. Well, you know, <laughs> I do have a guitar. I, I, yeah, you do get yeah, you did get a guitar. <laughs> I got my guitar. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and the way I look at it too, look if I if I was good enough to play professional anything, and someone kept asking me back with an opportunity to possibly be in the big leagues, I mean why would I not at least do it until my body couldn't do it anymore? Um, um, I, I applaud it to tell you the truth. I think it's fantastic. Okay. Well, when you, you know, when you stick around long enough, you start, you know, <laughs> wife and kids and house and things like that, like minor leagues is, 
is not always the best choice. You know, it's like sure. <laughs> mathematically, like eh, you could go do something else and make more money, but you know, it's not, I, I've kind of given up on the dream as it, as it were, like, you know, I wanted 10 years in the big leagues and I'm not saying I can't get that, but if I get 10 years in the big leagues now, I'm going to be like 47. So sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to say it, it can't happen, but I'm saying it really won't. So, you know, I've kind of, my, my expectations are, are probably where they need to be. Well, you know, I'm going to ask you this, since you grew up a catcher and even were getting drafted as a catcher growing up, that means you hit a few long balls in your day, didn't you? You'd hit a few home um, runs? I had some. I, I, I never really had a lot of, I mean, I had power, but like I didn't always use it. When I was in high school and I actually was really good, you know, batting third and, you know, my average was high or whatever, like people, the pitchers were facing and it was almost like, don't let this guy hurt you. So, yeah. you know, there was a lot of pitches out of the zone where I'm like, I hated walking. I thought I hate walks Yeah. on, on any level. Like right. walks are just, they're evil. And so I'm up to the plate. And I'm like, I don't want to walk. And so I end up having to hit a ball that's like six inches outside. That's like six inches, you know, off the ground. And I have to like, you know, hit it to right for a double or something. You know, right. I never got just a whole lot of pitches that were just grooved because most pitchers were like, well, I'm just going to walk him. Um, and then, I, you know, I'm not very strong in that way. Like I never... I never was like, I want to be the guy that hits a ton, ton of bombs. I want to be the guy that's on base all the time. You know, I mean, if you look at catchers, you know, if you bat 200 and you're a good catcher, like you'll have a job for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, you know, unless you're Mike Piazza hitting, you know, 35, 50 jacks or whatever, like that's pretty rare. So I wanted to be the guy that just could make contact. Like if you have a catcher that bats, you know, 250 and um, is on base percentage is really high and like doesn't strike out a lot and is willing to take a walk, you know, things like that and can handle the pitching staff like that's. You're, you're kind of creeping into like, that's a, you know, yeah, that's, that's a talent. You, I mean, you might what, be like a, that's valuable. That's a premier catch. People are getting paid millions of dollars to do that right now. And so that's kind of my angle on it, but I never had a lot of power, but I've hit, I've hit three home runs since I've been in pro ball. Really? Okay. So you, you, but you know, I always ask this, I usually play this oh, with, yeah. the, with the position players. I always play this, I, a little thing called the home run game. Look, I hit one home run in my whole life over a fence. So I remember it with no doubt when I did it. <laughs> Do you remember how old you were when you hit your first one ever <laughs> yeah. over a fence? Ever hit one over the fence? Were you 10, 11, or anything like that? Do you remember? Uh, probably 16, 16? I'm guessing. Okay, so you were in yeah. high school? I was okay. always the little guy. What? You're yeah. tall. I yeah, saw I you was, in the I mean, even up until when I was 15. Yeah, I'm tall now. I was, <laughs> I was a runt, and uh, I was weak, and I couldn't, you know, if I got the ball out of the infield, it was great. And by the, when we actually moved up to like the big field, like the, you know, regular size field that you have, you know, 90 feet base paths and all that. When I was catching, I couldn't throw the ball all the way down to second. Oh my god! And like that bothered me because everyone else had a, everyone else had a good arm. You know, these pitchers would throw hard third basemen could throw a ball across the infield and I'm catching, trying to throw people out. And like, I had to bounce it at least once, mostly twice. And I was very frustrated. I remember thinking like, maybe I'm not supposed to be a catcher. You know, I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm small. I can't, I'm not strong. And my dad said, I am. He's like, you, you, you're going to be strong. You're going to be big. You just need to learn your craft now and it'll benefit you later. And so when he really was into. like, you need to work on your footwork. You need to work on your hands. Yeah. So like you're, you're small now, but work on getting rid of the ball as quick as you can. And like, how accurate can you be? And so <laughs> I would like catch a ball and a guy stealing and I'd throw it down there. And it was like a foot race. You know, it's like the ball's rolling past the mound. You got the guy running the second and he's like racing the ball, but I could get rid of it so quick. You know, I'd been working on like, you know, the transition and, and trying to be accurate. And so, yeah, when I was about 16, suddenly 
the ball was making it all the way to second base, you yeah. know, and all of a sudden I'm throwing people out before they're even trying to slide. And uh, fast forward the next year to my senior year, I got a couple of scouts watching me going like, how come no one's ever talked to you? It's like, because I've only been good for like a short while. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not like I was on anyone's, I was on no one's radar ever until, you know, I finally was able to do something out there. But it all, the foundation that was laid, um, you know, I got to give credit to my dad to kind of, he foresaw what was going to happen. And he's like, you need to prepare now. So being a little runt that had to dink the ball around the infield and, you know, and run it out uh, really helped me with contact. And so even now, yeah. I mean, I haven't had an at bat in, you know, maybe two or three years. Now, let me ask you this, though. Did you now there's there one you so you, you you weren't a huge home run hitter, but this is the one I always get. Is there one you'll always remember that the moment you hit it, you went, oh, my goodness, I got it. Could have been in pro ball. Yeah, been I was in high really school. angry. And um, this was in junior college. Uh, there was there was one bat that I used, an aluminum bat that I used that no one else did. And I like that because it's. I can, you know, make the handle just like I want it with tape or whatever. And I had this bat, no one else used it. So it was, I always knew it was the color. Like I had to walk over there. I knew, knew this was my bat and I'm going, and it's kind of frustrating game anyway. I think maybe the at bat before I'd grounded into a double play with, you know, man on like first and second. So that's like a no, no, you don't want to do that. But so I'm kind of having this frustrated game anyway. I go to walk up to the plate and I go to grab my bat or whatever. And, and it was cracked. Like somebody had used it or threw it and banged it like it was cracked. And I was just like, the one thing, you know, like, this is my bat. I can't believe somebody messed with it. I was like, because nobody wanted it. It was a terrible bat. Yeah. I just used it because no one else was using it, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am having a cracked bat and somebody's aluminum bat. I'm just, I was so livid. And I just picked up a bat and I went up there and the, you know, umpire said something. And I just was, I was fuming, man. I was, well, I was just fuming. And this pitcher threw the ball and I just smashed it into oblivion. Like I just, I crushed, I don't know what happened. I hit it up into some trees, ran around the bases. Everyone was just like, holy cow, where did that come from? <laughs> and I was so mad. I was just like, whatever, I'll high five you. I'll high five you guys later. I was like, I'm just livid. You but hit a home run. I don't know. I don't know why I was the, so mad. <laughs> hit a home run, come to the dugout. Everybody's ready to high five you and you're going, don't use my bat. You know? <laughs> You're yeah yelling. who used my bat yeah yeah fess up no all right yeah okay <laughs> anyway i found a new bat whatever it was <laughs> all right so this is the part i've been i've been dying to get into and that's your family look i've seen all these videos you are a huge family man and it is fun to see you and i are in a unique in fact we are an inspiration to some men because people look at us and they've seen a picture of your wife and my wife and go yeah they settled uh-huh. So um, they settled for that because we married way above what we're capable of. I mean, I know you talk about your wife. She's yeah. your best friend. I've oh, got yeah. I've got one of those, too. You're a Christian. I'm a Christian. So we we, we, we do that. But your family and your wife, we're, we're in that same club. How did we do that? I still can't figure out. Is there some secret we have? Because I don't know why my wife still wakes up and goes, uh-huh. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> Yeah. Every day, every day, I'm just like, you know what? I believe in miracles. Well, right? <laughs> like. It I feel helped. I feel like I can't there's no other way to explain it. And well, she's she's in the other room listening. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I call it the, the No, the, she's it, awesome. Like Go ahead, go ahead. No, no. I so like in in baseball, in and this is something that probably doesn't come to the forefront, but you know, the divorce rate across America or whatever is like fifty percent. Fifty percent, yeah. And in baseball, it's, yeah, it's baseball. It's been like 70%. And I heard even about five or six years ago, it was up around 80%. Yeah. So you think about it between coaches and players and staff members, you're in a clubhouse with 30 people. I mean, that's, 
that's like 26 people that are going to possibly be divorced out of that 30. Right. And so, you know, years, years ago, we kind of, we kind of knew going into it, like, this is, this is tough. And we either have to be on the same page or this is, you know, exactly. doomed for failure. So me and her, it's like, you know, I always look at, um, you know, Bubba and Forrest Gump, you know, when they're not wanting to sleep with their heads in the mud, it's like, you, you know, you lean back on me and I'll lean back on you. That way we don't have to sleep with our heads in the mud, you know, like that kind of that analogy, like it's me and you versus the world. And so I don't know, that's, it's not always amazing because life's hard, but if you have somebody that's with you, it's not that hard. Well, y'all seem in, 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 in your, in your relationship, first of all, your relationship is based in faith, which is fantastic. And I have one based in that too, which look, you look at me and my wife and there's, if you don't know, there's not a God, just look at that. I mean, you're, cause I can't explain it any other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what your bumper sticker says. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, like, that's a great analogy leaning on one another. I, I say it to a lot of, I, we, I, used to teach youth at the, at the church, just help out and do that. I'm not a pastor. I would just help and do that. But I, I told them, I said, look, all this sexual stuff, I said, means nothing if you can't be friends and get along. I said, that's way more important. That just makes the other part more fun. But if you don't have a life outside of that, believe me, you're doomed. So you've got to be able to be, and we're buddies. I mean, my wife and I are great friends. You seem to be great friends. But the other one that really gets me is your kids. Uh, how many kids do you have? Mm, three. I think. Wait, wait. <laughs> no. Yeah, three. I got a twelve-year-old. <laughs> I got a twelve-year-old. I got a ten-year-old and a five-year-old. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm older than you, obviously, and I've got a twenty-two, three-year-old tomorrow. Twenty-three. I've got a fifteen-year-old and a fourteen-year-old. Wow. But I want to know if your fan. You seem to be now. Do y'all play board games and stuff, and play a lot of games? Yeah, I actually um, both my boys. My wife took my boys to go get haircuts. And um, my daughter and I played Skippo. We played like three or four games of Skippo while they were gone. I mean, we just, that's especially now, right? Yeah. At, with the whole pandemic sure. thing in this last year, like board games and puzzles and stuff have gone to the forefront. Um, but yeah, you have to, you just have to be engaging. Absolutely. You know, I, I think one of the things that I, that I love the most is that, you know, I always want to be right. You know, I'm willing to, you know, fight tooth and nail to be right. And I'll never say I'm sorry and I'll never apologize. But as you get older and you have kids and <laughs> wife, like all this stuff kind of goes out the window. Like yeah. <laughs> what, what good is pride? There is no such, there, I can't find anything that pride is good for. And so if you, you can't have pride around your kids, they, they see through that. So for me, it's like, if I mess up around them, I say, Hey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. You know, they need to see that because otherwise they think, Oh, well, dad's the greatest. And he's, I'm going to put him up on this pedestal. We make mistakes. And so we want to have, yeah, we want to have like a, a, um, you know, this, I don't know, this judgment free zone where it's like, we're not called to judge. We're just called to love each other. And so, yeah, you got to be engaging and, and I don't know, and show that, Hey, you're allowed to mess up around us. You know, we may laugh at each other, you know, for being silly or whatever, but yeah. we're not going to judge. We're not going to judge. Well, they star in your videos too sometimes. And those are hilarious too. Now tell me about the social media thing. That's how did that thing get so big? That was some of the funniest stuff and, and you're still going, but what, how did it get started? Man, I, I was actually in independent ball. I was living in a family's basement in uh in pennsylvania this was 2014 i think and i thought i was thought i was done with baseball thought it was over needed something else to do and my wife has a degree in business marketing and so she was like you need to uh get like a facebook account you need to get a twitter account kind of get your name out there that's how you meet people nowadays like 
you know, and, and I didn't know anything about it. The only thing I knew about Twitter, I was like, this is stuff is evil. Like it's terrible. It's the ring from Lord of the Rings, right? Like it's, <laughs> you can try to use it for good, but it only wields evil. And, um, but anyway, she convinced me to do it. And now she, <laughs> she really regrets it, <laughs> but it, it, you know what it was, it became kind of an outlet, right? You need a hobby. You can't just do whatever your job is, you exactly. know, you can't just do just that right all the time. Yeah. You need an, yeah, yeah. You need an outlet. And, um, she made me sell my guitars at the time. Cause I wasn't very good. There was, it was loud. So I needed an outlet. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I just started, I don't know. I, my first tweet ever was you're welcome world, because I just didn't want to put anything out there that was serious or anything that was, right. um, I don't know, trivial in any way. Like I just want to be very transparent and just go, this is, you can get on board with it if you want, if not, whatever, but I'm just going to, I'm just here to have fun. And none of this makes any sense. And that's okay. And so I've tried to live by that. I just put stuff out there. That's ridiculous. It's PG. I want, you know, I don't mind if I'm not going to put anything out there that my kids can't watch or exactly. see or read. And um, I think that's kind of, I think that's why it took off and probably around. Yeah. I would say 2015, 2016, it kind of took off just because I don't know. I, I was putting out kind of family friendly humor. It wasn't anything evil. It's not rated R, you know, and people could share it with their kids. And that's to me is I stood out a little bit on the, on the Twitter and the Instagram and stuff because um, everything else around it was so bad. <laughs> you know, yes. it was almost like I'm not doing what everyone else is doing. And so that kind of, you know, I started sticking out like a sore thumb and I don't know. I, one of the things I really love is just the transparency of it all, because I want to be the same person I am at home, you know, same person I am in the, in the clubhouse, uh, same person on social media, because to me, that's how you make connections. And so I have like my, all my, uh, you know, messages open. So people message me all the time. That's how we connected Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, for, for this. Right. And so I don't know, I think that's what it's supposed to be. I've helped a kid in Puerto Rico that throws a sidearm, you know, try to learn a curveball. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a college kid that was asking for advice. Um, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And so we had a zoom call and he's just like, I can't believe that you would just have a zoom call with me. And I'm like, why not? You know, if, if I'm able to do it and I can help, I, I want to help. And it wouldn't be possible if you didn't have these kind of connections with social media. So I think you can use social media for a good thing. Uh, but if you're not careful, then it's easily evil. So I try to keep it fun. I try to, I don't take myself too seriously. So and, you know, I'm huge in copyright infringement. So that's why all my videos are funny is because it was someone else's idea and I just spoofed it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got, so you got kicked off Twitter there. Is this a, a different account than that, that one? Uh, yeah. God, I'll never no, no, no. I got that one back. Oh, did you really? Yeah. They finally said, okay, you're not, you're not hurting anyone here. So or, what was it about? Copyright? Is yeah. that what it was? It was copyright infringement. They, they, they sent me an email. It sounded like I wasn't Eminem or... I wasn't Mariah Carey, and I was just like, what do you know? But they were right. I'm not those people. But I used their songs. <laughs> we were on an airplane, and we we're like, do-do-do, And uh, Twitter's like, nah, nah, can't do that. So anyway, like all the stuff I have is is uh, probably illegal, but they haven't found it yet. So yay. Hey, so so when you, when you, I guess I'm assuming, are you going to make some more videos once you get to the clubhouse there? And Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I would make more videos with the kids and sometimes, you know, they'll come up with an idea and they want to do it, but for the most part, they don't really find them as much, you know, find them as fun as I do, you know, and 
I, I would make videos all the time because I come up with tons of ideas, but I need actors. <laughs> well, I may just start making videos where it's just me talking to myself, but I don't know. Well, uh, if you ever need one, I'll, I'll be in one. That's like a bucket list to be in one. Cause that's the same. My kids get me to do videos all the time and I've actually acted, believe it or not. I did some acting for, and my son took off with it. Now that's his big thing. He's really into acting. I'm really proud of him on that. So nice. Let me ask you, what, what is, before I get into, the last thing I'm going to do is some Twitter questions. I've got about four of those. The one thing I want to ask, I ask everybody that I interview Ooh. is, uh, what is one thing nobody knows about you? And here's an example. You know Brock Burke um, that, that's with the Rangers. He is the one that really yeah. took this to a whole new level. I asked him, uh, I would go out to the Frisco games, and we'd sit in the dugout, and we were interviewing a few of them. And I, and I asked him, uh, you know, what's one thing nobody knows? And he said, well, apparently I, I walk, in, walk around in my sleep. And this turned into a national oh. story that was written by The Athletic because talking to Joe Palumbo, talking to, to uh, Phillips, Tyler Phillips, <laughs> they had roomed with him and they were like, oh my gosh, you would never believe this. This guy gets up in the middle of the night, starts punching out his pillow and goes over in the corner and screams at it and then goes, I got to go to the bathroom or something. I mean, they're like shaking over there. Wow. <laughs> and it was one of the funniest <laughs> things. So... That is that is the premise of it. What is one thing I, I I'm you know if you can beat that I'm it's even going to be better. But what is one thing nobody knows about Tim Dillon? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, nothing quite like that. I'm not going <laughs> to shock anybody here. Um, I don't know. I collect free things, uh, like stickers, coasters, hotel key cards. I've kept every hotel key card from my entire career. Uh, so I have like a whole shoebox full of key cards <laughs> and I tried to take oh a key God. one time. We used to stay at a hotel um, that actually used a key, but it was like $25 if you didn't return it. So I'm oh, like, man, I don't want it that bad. But, can't do that on minor yeah, league salary. I don't know. I just, <laughs> yeah. Right. I just collect free stuff. I don't know why I just, um, I don't know. I, so when I was 16, my, uh, the car that I inherited from my brother's when I got my driver's license, I parked it in the garage of our house in Mississippi and it caught fire and ended up blowing up and ended up burning down our house oh and gosh. everybody was gone except for my mom and I. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, we, we were fine. We just lost, you know, our whole house, all our stuff that was inside. And, you know, it was a really hard thing. You, you know, we, it's, you know, we're sometimes my mom has a hard time. She lost like her wedding ring in oh, there, yeah. you know, oh, things yeah. like that. And, um, and, and it was several months that went by, maybe a year, and uh, somebody was asking me a question about it. They were like, well, what would you go back and get? You know, if you could go back and you had one chance to grab something in your house and come out with it, what would it be? And I was like, oh, oh, it's, um, and I started thinking, because I had like baseball cards. My dad had a whole bunch of memorabilia and things like that. Sure. And I, I thought, well, maybe I'd go get like my driver's license or like my birth certificate, right? Or <laughs> your... Um, What's a so, social security card, like all that kind of paperwork type stuff like th that took so many months to kind of get back. Uh, but the real answer is, no, I wouldn't go back and get anything like it's just it's just stuff, right? Like they're yeah. making new stuff everywhere. Like right now, there's people somewhere making stuff. Yep. And it's just stuff you can you don't need it. And, and I don't know, I've kind of I've kind of adopted that philosophy. I was probably 17 when I decided to kind of run with that. And so. I don't know. Free stuff. I'm kind of like, eh, if, if it burned up, I wouldn't really care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just free stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. I've said <laughs> so, it all along. You, you know, yeah, you, I learned, uh, yeah, keep going. 
Yeah. I was just going to say, I just, I feel like I, I feel like I, you know, this uh, attachment thing, like I don't have a whole lot of, uh, you know, I don't put a lot of stock in, a, in tangible things of, you know, that, that sort of attachment. And I learned that lesson because our house burned down. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a, not really funny. Well, that's not funny. You advertise me. It's funny. Yeah. Well, it's a, yeah, you, you are funny, but I'll think, that, of, I'll think of something. That's a great outlook on life though because i've said this all along i have a son that's just now about to get his driver's license and and i have a daughter that's 23 and mm -hmm. i told them when getting their driver's license yours is 12 you're not there yet but i said look here's the one thing i want you to know when you get out in your car and you're driving around and i finally let you go on your own if you ever have any sort of an accident mm -hmm. whatsoever as long as you're alive and well i could care less about whether it's all your fault or anyone else's so don't think you can't call me mm -hmm. to help you because the most important thing is you. We got insurance. Things happen. You make mistakes. I just want you to know, don't ever feel like I can't do this because dad's going to be mad. As long as you're okay, we're all okay. I'm, that's kind of my outlook on it. And I'm the same way. If stuff burnt down, as long as all mm -hmm. my family's okay, we're all good. We can, you know, you can replenish and yeah. do, do other things like that. Hey, you know, speaking of, before I get to the Twitter things, the inner monologues, you haven't done one in a while. Are you still going to do it? Or are you just uh, been busy or so, so what? Yeah, I'm uh, probably not busy. I just, I really got, I really got into the, uh, my podcast, the inner monologue of Dim Tillard. Yeah. Um, I, you know, cause everyone has a podcast, right? Sure. I, mean, I have one, Who? you have one. My mom, my mom <laughs> has a podcast, uh, 57 ways to cook hamburger helper or whatever it is, you know, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I, it's not that I ran out of guests. I could make it, you know, I could go find, you know, 10 baseball guys to do stuff, something about, but sure. I don't know. It, it kind of got more and more difficult. And then I was like, well, the more time I put into it, you know, it's less time I'm spending with my kids or something. So I kind of, I always pegged it as, okay, when the season kicks back up, this was last year and yeah. the season kicks back up, I'll just do interviews and stuff like that in the clubhouse. Uh, but that never really came to fruition. And you know, I kind of just didn't get back into it like I was, but yeah, I was knocking those things out like once a week, man. It's podcasting's really fun. You know, I love the feedback from everybody, and I am going to do it again. I think moving forward, uh, I would love to do that. I think definitely either it's during the season or even in spring training. If I can get to a spring training, uh, I'm going to grab people all the time and do some sort of skit, and then we can just laugh about it on the podcast. Yeah. But right I now, I just I don't know. I I'm occupying my time with other stuff, I guess. You know, and I, I've done, I, so I, I've, I've been fortunate as a fan to do this, but I also have credentials, which a lot, you know, and then the people are jealous, but I do it in a fan perspective. I've gotten to meet players, got to meet you, got to meet big league players that I've always been a fan of and all of that. But one of the best podcasts I ever have, and this is just advice to you, um, my wife, um, and I had her come on and talk about dealing with, cause she's a huge baseball fan and loved the feedback from her. everybody loved it. I forced her. She did not want to do it. She's Probably like yours, you'd probably have to drag her <laughs> kicking and screaming to sit down and do it. But I was like, I just want to ask you about our our 18, uh, 20 years we got with us doing this, going to games and all that. And it, it, it was great. So if you can't find one, I guarantee you people would love to hear what your poor wife goes through with you around the house. It would be, his, it would be one of the great ones to listen to on that. Um, yeah, well, I actually, we, we, I did that. We did that. That was, she was probably my, I don't know seventh guest i guess i had on my podcast yeah it was good we had tons of feedback because it was like you know I, I feel like some people if they know me from social media they're probably like praying for my wife like <laughs> poor woman you <laughs> yeah, know that, and that's why i did it. I, I, how did you know, i miss like, that i thought i'd listen to all of them maybe i missed a couple I, well there you go yeah no i i can't remember which one it was but 
yeah, she, she was great about it. Like I tried to get her on, you know, like the first or second one and she's like, no, kept putting it off. And then finally I was like, I don't have a guest for this week. Like just get on, I have a headset for you. And she helped me remember a lot of stuff that I just, you know, didn't remember because when you're doing this baseball life, uh, it's just, you, you can't, it's all encompassing. You just have no idea how, yeah. you know, things happen and progress and you you know and people watch the game and they see well this is what happens on the field but it, there's so many things behind the scenes of yeah. this life uh that there's a reason that people you know aren't really cut from this from the cloth that it's needed you know there's guys that get drafted they're really high they play a couple years and they're like you know what this lifestyle is not for me because it is so difficult and so yeah. to hear it from you know uh, uh, the the uh, the wife perspective is is really great because she's you know when i'm out there getting destroyed and giving up laser beams off the wall she's in the stands like this is you know the first few times it happened she was like oh no this is terrible and now she's kind of used to it <laughs> I, get, I give up doubles and home runs a lot so she's like oh yeah it's this bad game like you just it's perspective and so that that was what i got from that particular um, episode that we did. And, and like you said, it's, it's an amazing thing. Just having this conversation with your wife, um, it, it just pumps perspective into yourself and each other of, of what, you know, what we've gone through and where we're at now. Well, and I'm, that's definitely something I'm going to be listening to later today. I don't know how I missed that one. I'm going to find it, but, and, and you know what, and they surprise you, don't you? They're, they're better than they think they are. And it turns out to be fantastic because them telling the stories is the greatest thing in the world because they're really good at it. And you know, your wife lives a different one than mine with you having to travel as much. She's probably having to take care of a lot of stuff at the house when you're on a road trip and all of that. So, you know, bless her heart. God bless her. She's done a lot, you know, for, for <laughs> dealing with 18 years of a guy playing <laughs> baseball. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. actually tried to, I was, well, I was going to, yeah, I was going to propose to her and I, I was, uh, you know, trying to talk her out of it sort of, <laughs> uh, my, I mean, my mom was a, you know, player's wife, coach's wife. Like I know how I've seen it firsthand, how difficult this lifestyle is. And I just tried to tell her, I'm like, listen, this is not, it's not always going to be great, you know? And she was just like, okay. And I was just like, it's going to be awful at times, you know, just this, this whole thing traveling and, and, you know, kids and all that. She's like, okay. And she was always on board, but that's great. Yeah. For the record, I did try to talk her out of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's do this. We got about four. I think I got four, maybe five quick questions and we're out of here. So um, let's see here. Let's so this go. is, this yeah. is so Joe Carrillo said, Hey, as a player climbing through the ranks from little leagues to, to the big leagues, what was your biggest obstacle or hurdle that defined you as a player or a person? Hmm. Biggest obstacle. Well, I, I think one of the biggest things, any player, um, like the, I, the, the quintessential thing a player needs to find out is what kind of player they are. Because that is all encompassing when it comes to, you know, I, I don't throw 100, so I'm not going to try to throw 100. Or right. maybe I don't hit home runs, so why am I going to try to hit home runs? It's using the skills that you have and utilizing them the best you can. And you, I, think, I think it's not really settling like, oh, I can't get better. You're sitting there going, why would I try to, you know, throw this pitch if I can't? You know, like if it just doesn't work for my arm angle, why would I continue sinking time and effort into doing this? Why don't I just make these other pitches way better? And, you know, if you're a hitter and maybe you hit 300, but you can't field a ball, well, you need to go out there and learn how to field ground balls, Yep. you know, and get better doing that. You need to know your deficiencies. And that has to do with, okay, well, what kind of player am I? And so for me, that was probably around, man, I don't know, maybe when I learned sidearm in 2010, I think that really was like the moment where I'm like, okay, well, I got to 
dive into this new arm angle and what that what that looks like and i kind of had to reinvent myself and that's what it was it's trying to figure out what kind of player i am now and anyway i think that's probably the biggest thing okay so we've got adam gordon who said um and don't take offense to this because he, i think you're going to break with the big league club this year but he says what do you think of the rangers mm -hmm. moving to round rock oh i played against the rangers when they were in round rock for years <laughs> i mean they they left and went to Yep. you know, the uh, Nashville here for two years. And well, last year didn't even really count, but yeah, they're back in round rock. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful there. I always told people, they say, okay, well, where would you want to play if you couldn't play in Nashville? And, um, and, and I was like, well, I'd love to play in round rock. Cause it's just, I mean, it's owned by Nolan Ryan and I haven't met Nolan Ryan yet. So I'm kind of, a, you know, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think I'll break with the big league team since I'm not going to be in big league camp. That's going to be a far stretch, <laughs> you know, unless, I don't know. <laughs> I can't even imagine a situation or what has gone wrong yeah. for me to. <laughs> but uh, you know, this is baseball. Anything can happen. But uh, I'd be I'd be pretty content. You know, just making it to Round Rock, just because it is a nice place. It's good baseball. I mean, you actually feel like you're playing in the big leagues because they have great crowds, and I mean, it's a great facility. And yeah, I don't know if anybody has never uh, been to the Dell Diamond to watch a game. They really, really should. Yeah, and 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 when it comes to this year too, and I guarantee you, that's why Tim Dillard's still playing. Not only your is because every team that went from a sixty-game season last year needs a ton of depth, a ton of depth, and they yeah. they need arms, and they're gonna and yeah. you're and I, I'm not kidding when I say this, and I'm not just trying to to blow smoke or anything. There's a good chance Tim Dillard might get a might get a, a week or two up there to come fill in. You know what I mean? In the big leagues, because they're going to need arms. These guys can't go out and pitch 200 innings as a starter. And, you know, you're going you're gonna to have well, to – you're going to have a lot of depth when they're getting their arm strengths back. You never know. Yeah. That's what my – You I'm never saying. know. And, and I – yeah, yeah. And, you know, kind of going back to the other thing, too, of, of you know, what's, what's the kind of thing moving up the ladder, something to focus on, you know, learning how to be what kind of player you are. Another one is just being a good teammate, sure, right? And like having a good attitude when you come to the field. And so the reason I bring that up is, yeah, I mean, could I play in the big leagues this year? I could, you know, and, yep. and you, that's the way I say it. I say could. I had, you know, I could. You don't know what can happen. I could, as opposed to should, you know, because there's a lot of shoulds out there. Sure. There's a lot of shoulds coming up the ranks in, you know, little league, and you can be a should in, yes. in high school and the should in college and pro ball, like of these guys of the attitude going, I should be in the big leagues. I should be starting right now. I should be doing this. And sometimes you don't have any control over that whatsoever. And I would right. say rarely do you have control over that. Yep. I don't know if I've ever been in control of anything other than the ball coming out of my hand. Like yep. that's really, and then unless the ball's hit back to me and then I can throw a ball to first, you know, if I, if I'm good <laughs> at it. So you don't have a lot of control in this game and, and, you know, could I play in the big leagues this year? Yeah, I don't even, I can't even fathom the, the, uh, the, the things that would have to happen and play out for, the, for, uh, for me to make a, a comeback. But I know Disney's going to be calling. They're going to be like, oh, we got to make another rookie too. A you rookie know? too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so Which all was actually filmed. Part of that movie was filmed in, uh, in Round Rock. Was it really? I didn't know that. Now, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I, I've spoke to uh, uh, is it Morris? Was that his name? Jim Mo Norris? Was that his name? The one that the the rookie. But I've, I've met Quaid? him. <laughs> Do yeah, what? Yeah. Dennis Quaid. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, that's what he. And it, w w he yeah, came yeah. in. Jack Morris, you know. Yeah, when I was talking to him, he always said that's one thing he'll always tell his grandkids. Dennis Quaid played me. <laughs> yeah. In a movie. Yeah. yeah. Hey, okay, so two they more. They get Tom Brady to play me. Yeah, well, you guys are the same person, yeah. so, you know, 
<laughs> great looking wives that yeah. you know and athletes for 20 something <laughs> years playing until your mid 40s okay all three all things rangers that's who this t- uh twitter handle all things rangers when are you getting your netflix show yep. because you're a comedy goal <laughs> netflix show. i would love that i would love that i come up with ideas i don't know why i just i, I don't know there if there's not really a a job for an ideasman. I come up with these ideas and I just, there's nowhere to put them. So I put them in my phone. I have like 2000 notes in my phone of just ideas of whether it's a TV show or whatever comedy sketch show, um, novels, children's books. Like I just, I don't know. I don't know where inspiration comes, but I, I used to not even write this stuff down, but I just, I don't know. I love ideas and I would love to have a show. You know, that's kind of what I did with the podcast. And ultimately I'd like to, you know, lead into where it's actually video where I'm actually, you know, can make my own show. Uh, but you got to be able to make money with that stuff if you're going to put that kind of time into it. But yeah, if Netflix yeah. signed me, I'd totally retire. <laughs> be ready I don't again. know what I would do. I don't know what kind of ideas <laughs> they would like. I actually gave an idea to um, uh, uh, Ron Shelton. He wrote and directed Bull Durham oh, and yeah. Tin Cup. And I, I met him in spring training. Brian Anderson that works with the Brewers, he is the... Uh, the head broadcaster there. He is the analyst. He is the guy that or the play-by-play guy. He does like NBA. He does the golf tournament with Brady and Peyton. Yeah. Um, like he's, he's in everything. Like he's, he's one of the best in the game does playoffs for Fox. So he actually uh, texted me. I was on the minor league side of the Brewers spring training complex. And he says, Hey, I got a friend. I need you to meet. And that's who it was. The guy that wrote and directed um, uh, Kevin Costner and, and Bull yeah and tin cup and so we were just talking and i really wanted to impress him like i really wanted to so we were talking and uh and i gave him some ideas and and he thought he's like those are really good ideas i was like that's fine i was like you can go steal those ideas and maybe give me credit that'd be nice or some money or something but um just to let him know that i do have ideas and i don't know how the that industry works yeah but i feel like that's a pretty good thing if you come in contact with somebody that maybe has a little bit of pull or has that kind of creativeness uh, to throw out some ideas. And that's what I did. I hope you didn't sell it and keep the money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to end... never know. I'd love to have a show. Yeah. I think it'd be great too. just to, yeah. well, you know, and, and what makes it fun and what my kids love about it too, you get so animated when you're doing your part in your little, is it dub smash? Is that the little video thing? And when you're doing those, your part's so animated. Yeah, it started and... out with dub smash. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it's so funny. So and and uh, so let me ask you this. So this is the last one. John Christian said this. Mm-hmm. He said, "How often do mm-hmm. you actually eat Taco Bell?" Oh, um, this is hard. Uh, so I had a roommate. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's probably you know off season. I would say it's not as much. It's it, it's probably not even once a week. It's probably once or twice. You know, probably once every two weeks. The kids like it too, which is great. Yeah. Uh, and around here, if the Predators win, you get like a free chalupa. So Absolutely. yeah, I would kind of I don't really watch a lot of hockey unless unless the uh, Preds are winning. And if that's the case, then I'm going to Taco Bell. Um, or if you know Mookie Betts steals a base in the World Series, that's happened a few times. I go get my free taco. Yeah. And make videos about that. But um, I had a roommate. I don't know, maybe 2016 or 17 spring training. Tristan Archer. He was a pitcher. And uh, we were staying at the team hotel and we, I, I don't know why it's just cheap, right? Taco Bell is just real cheap and you don't make a lot of money in spring training per diem, you know, just enough to live basically and uh, to, to eat. 
And we ate Taco Bell 27 days in a row, I think. Oh my gosh. 27 days in a row. And uh, that's got to be some kind of record. It's definitely a record for me. Definitely a record for him. I had a really negative influence on his healthy eating, but uh, <laughs> so you got to do what you got to do. Right. And I don't know, it's kind of becoming a thing. Like we go to the field and everybody's like, did you guys eat there last night? And we're like, yep. So yeah, I've gone. Oh yeah. There's been several times I've gone seven days, seven days a week. <laughs> that's awesome or it could be like the beatles i would say it's more like the beatles eight days a week eight days a week there you go that's tim dillard folks tim thank you so hey man i appreciate it so much you coming on here and and so go follow tim on twitter at at dim tillard on instagram at dim tillard and then you've also got dim right yeah, which is, I mean, if you just type in Dim Tillard, it's pretty much whatever platform you're looking for. Yeah, it's all there. Tim, thank you so much for coming on here. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Like I say at the end of every one of these podcasts and everything I write, nerd out. <laughs> <laughs>